name is Melanie Hempe, founder of ScreenStrong. We empower parents to eliminate and skip the drama of social media and video games and pornography in their kids' lives. And you're listening to RYM's The Local Youth Worker Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. As you heard from the intro, I'm here with Melanie Hempy. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Uh, Melanie, I thought before we dig into Screen Strong and, and talking more about that, why don't you just tell our listeners uh, where you grew up, where, where, you, where you're from, a little bit about your family. Great, yes, thank you so much for having me. I was born in Mississippi and actually grew up most of my school years in Florida. And then I went to school at Emory University and became a nurse. Loved it. Loved it. Had four children, ended up staying home. You know how that goes a little bit. (laughs) And, um, and what happened to us was very, uh, common, but also extremely unknown at the time. Our oldest son became very, very addicted to his video games when he was in middle school and high school to the point where he dropped out of college due to a full-on gaming addiction. And so that's how Screen Strong got started. So that's sort of our little brief overview, but I would love to dive into that story just a minute and tell you a little bit about how that happened. Absolutely. And two, kind of give me a timeline of when that happened, because like you said, I mean, this is something maybe more common today, but how long ago was this when he began to get addicted? Right. So he graduated from high school in 2010. And back then, that was right around the time when everyone everyone was getting their smartphone. And I remember a lot of his friends were on Facebook and he didn't have a smartphone, which was really interesting. Uh, we just, I don't know, we just kind of knew like, hey, there's something weird about that <laughs> for kids. <laughs> and he had a phone, but I remember it was one of those slide kind of flip phone things where you had to spend forever finding the X and the A, you know to do text messages, which is what I think we should go back to because it actually, that delay of having to text, you know, uh, when you have, when, when you make it harder, you tend to say less and you tend to say things that are maybe a little nicer, but he was very much in the lane of video games. And this, I can talk about this, like it just happened yesterday. I remember so clearly what happened. And I remember sort of the mistakes that we made that we had no idea that we were making. But Adam was very smart, still is very smart. He had straight A's. So I missed kind of the first sign that things were getting out of balance. He loved his computer. He loved his video games. And he started in middle school with Minecraft and other games that were just fine. And moms, we would all sit down and talk about it. And we all agreed, hey, you know, they're learning code right? That's all a myth, by the way. <laughs> and, and our boys were all telling us, oh, we're learning so much. And we were so proud of them. Well, what happened around ninth grade, the school issued him a laptop, his very own laptop. And that was the beginning of a complete disaster for our family. So if you have kids that are at school that have screens and you're feeling uncomfortable, you absolutely should feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. It's just you put you put a a desktop in your house and you're already having a lot to deal with. But once you give them that private little small screen that becomes their own, we lost the battle. I I was the mom who spent all my time setting the kitchen timer and telling him to get off his video game and to please do his chores. And, you know, Adam, get off your video game and come to dinner. Adam, get off your video game and please come to your sister's birthday party that we're having upstairs, you know? (laughs) And he, I, I was like the bad guy. I called myself the game cop mom and I hated it. I, I didn't sign up for this job, but I was torn because his friends played and it was where we thought he was being social. And I thought he was learning. And I thought, you know, what do I know? I'm new to this whole arena and it must be okay. What I didn't know is I created a addict in my house, like right under my nose, like I bought the drug, I allowed 
the video game. I allowed the time. I allowed him to drop out of his sports. He quit baseball. He quit tennis. He quit playing the piano and he used to be good. And he quit playing the guitar and he quit playing all these things because I don't know if you remember John, but back then there was a lot written in the literature with youth workers and, and with parents of young people, how we were not supposed to overschedule our kids, remember? And mm-hmm. that was a big thing um, about overscheduling and they need time to have downtime. But what we didn't know is all their downtime was being filled with screen activities. And it was so new that we, the tidal wave was coming and we just didn't quite see it coming. Now, when I go out and speak to audiences, when I use the term video game addiction or social media addiction, everyone knows what I mean. But back then we didn't know. In fact, I couldn't even understand it. I I had no, I was completely blindsided when he went to college and we drove him home after that first year, his freshman year. And he looked terrible. He looked like he had um, been on drugs. I asked him if he was on drugs. I'd never seen a child look like this before. And he convinced me, no, mom, it's not drugs. It's my video game. It was World of Warcraft at the time. And he, he said, you know, I've been in bed. Literally, I haven't left my room for like the whole last week. I haven't really eaten anything. I I quit going to classes. It was all the classic signs. So that was my defining moment, driving home on the highway. And it all came together. Everything that we were suffering through, because it was very, very bad. Um, Adam's a very good kid. He never really did anything bad as far as you think teenagers. And this is what my my friends were all telling me. Well, Melanie, he's not getting, you know, alcohol. He's not doing drugs. He's not dating. He's, you know, he's fine. At least you know where he is. And I remember thinking that that was like a really low bar. You know, is this what we want for our kids? You know, and, and shouldn't he be driving and shouldn't he get a job? And they're like, no, at least you know where he is and he's not getting in trouble. Well, little did I know he was getting in a lot of trouble online because I, for one, was not a gamer and I didn't know what his games entailed. And I, one of my first recommendations to parents is play what your kids are playing, get in there, know exactly what they're doing, because you don't know if you haven't even been in touch for the last five years, you have no idea what the games are today. But when we drove him home and I realized what had happened, I hit the ground running and I had to figure it out. And I put my mom detective hat on and my medical brain and I started figuring out what had happened and everything started coming together. And the definition of what had happened for the previous six years all made sense, made perfect sense. But when I was going through it, it did not Makes sense. And our family suffered a ton of conflict over it. And I feel like there are probably a lot of parents listening and even youth pastors that are listening that are like, yeah, there's something that happens, right, to a kid when they're on a video game or they're on their phone all day. Like they change, like they get kind of mean and they mm-hmm. like Adam would like throw the controller or when his little brothers would come near the computer, he would haul off and hit them. And that wasn't Adam that like he, he wasn't a mean kid, but he changed and his personality kind of changed when he was on this thing. And I had no idea that you literally could have a chemical addiction in your brain to an activity But then I learned that you can, and we've learned a lot in the last 10 years, and it is a process addiction, just like gambling, just like pornography, video games, social media, um, shopping, you know, a lot of these things are process addictions. And I think as professionals in this space now, and as parents, we've got to kind of wake up and smell coffee and understand that this is a big deal. This is a Mm -hmm. very, very big deal. Dopamine is dopamine. Whether you get dopamine from taking drugs, which actually, you know, you're getting high on your own supply of dopamine when you do take a drug because it's a dopamine inhibitor. And 
our brain says, oh no, we don't have enough dopamine. So now we're making more dopamine. So whether you get it that way or whether you get it from watching pornography or whether you get it from playing a video game or scrolling social media, it is all the same dopamine. And hmm. he became very dependent on that dopamine and he got his dopamine in the form of a video game. So we struggled and struggled and struggled through his teen years. And it really grieves my soul to think of what did and didn't happen during that time where childhood is supposed to be fun and healthy and full of attachments to all the right things. His childhood was very much derailed and it happened right under my nose. I had no idea what we were doing. So our younger kids came along. We immediately said no social media for my daughter. She was six years younger. So she came through high school, graduated in 2016 without a smartphone and without social media. And she did just fine. <laughs> so I thought, you know, wait a minute, like this big experiment that we did on Adam didn't work out so well. And I was, I didn't care what anybody thought, right? Because once you are a parent and once you taste that, you, you really don't care what anybody else mm -hmm. thinks. And then my younger twin boys, his young Adam's younger brothers, um, they, un, un, unfortunately to them at the time, we pulled all the video games and we said, we are having a game free home. We're done with it. I obviously failed tremendously with your mm -hmm. brother. And, um, and then we said no social media and no smartphones till you're 18. And that's what we did. And they just turned 18 and they are so fine. They thrived. They did great. They both um, are, are great. And so we, I put together a little booklet, um, one about the video game situation and one about the smartphone and started Screen Strong. And I just had to have a way to talk to parents about this and try to not not tell everybody it's this way or the highway. That's not what our goal is. Our goal at Screen Strong is to educate about the science of things that are happening with your kid physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the things that are happening in their brain, and then make a really good decision about what works for your family. But we wanted to say, you can do this without the traditional cultural norms. Like you can go countercultural. Mm -hmm. And we are not a screen-free organization at all, but we are very, very much in favor of skipping toxic screen use, which is video games, social media, and pornography. Those are the three areas mm -hmm. we spend the most time. And when parents figure out what we figured out in our house, that you can truly skip those parts, your life will forever change. Your kids will love you. You 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 think that they will hate you. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> and everything about your life will change. Um, even if you have young kids right now and you think there's no way this will happen under my roof. That was me. I thought there was no way. I thought I I knew what was happening. I I could find, you know, the missing shoe that was stuck in the van <laughs> if nobody could find it like i had my pulse on everything in our house and we missed this we completely missed it so that's why i get up every morning and talk to parents about what to look out for what the warning signs are and what your options are so mm -hmm. yeah and i'm i'm really looking forward to to digging into that a little bit i mean the the warning signs some other things. Um, first, just thank you for sharing that that personal story. Um, I, I know we're we're about to take a break before we dig into more about Screen Strong. Uh, can you give us an update on Adam now? You said this happened in 2010. Here we are, 2023, yes, 23. Absolutely, and I love that you asked that. So we immediately started trying to figure out what to do. Right, he came home. He said, "Mom, I'm not going back to school," and he you have to realize he was a wreck. He, he was just a wreck. And that's like a whole nother thing. You would probably really enjoy interviewing him one day on your ship. Um, so I did what every 
parent who doesn't know what to do <laughs> does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had this teenager that we thought we had launched, right? And he was back at home on my sofa with his hoodie playing video games. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so not going to work. So um, I called the military and we had an army recruiter come to the house. And I told him that Adam loved to play Call of Duty and all of the games. And so uh, he loved to shoot guns and he would just love to join the military. (laughs) And so And I mean, my mom friends couldn't believe I was doing this. They were like, what did you do? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Something has to happen in his life so he can reset his brain and he can start over. So little did I know, but that actually was the very best thing for him and his brain for 14 weeks. He had a detox. It was called basic training. He had 14 (laughs) weeks of no electronics. He didn't, as he says, I didn't even have my own underwear. I had, you know, everything issued to me. And so for 14 weeks, he had a chance to be physically active every day, to follow a whole nother set of things to do, to have a lot of exercise, of course, and not play video games. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, But there are treatment centers now where you can pay tens of thousands of dollars to do the same thing. But at the time, there was only one treatment center, and I didn't even know about it. So he went into the military. For five years, he served. He went to Iraq. Um, He came back, and he did finish school. So, And we are actually extremely proud of Adam. He has graduated from law school and has passed his bar. So his life had, I don't know... um, a little detour, if you will, that he is <laughs> he is back on track because we figured it out. Because if we had not figured it out, I'm not sure that he wouldn't still be in my basement playing video games. I'll be honest with you. So that's where he well, is. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's awesome. He speaks for yeah. our organization, and he just says, "Mom." share everything you can about my story. You know, if just one family is saved from all that pain, it's worth it. So um, we love Adam and it was tough. It was super tough and there's scars and there are things that still, you know, come up, but he's, he's doing well and he did launch. So. Well, thank you for sharing your story and and Adam's story. Um, I mean, please pass our thanks on to Adam for, uh, wanting that to be shared and to to yeah get back to what you said, I'd love to have Adam on this podcast one of these days. That would be that would be great. Um, look, let's let's take a quick break and then we'll get back and talk a little bit more about Screen Strong. All right, once again, I'm here with Melanie Hippie uh, talking about Screen Strong. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about just. Uh, the big picture of, of Screen Strong. I know as uh, you go to your website and I see you've got a team, you've got a board, you have a medical advisory board, you have another advisory board. I mean, there's a lot of individuals associated with this. And it seems like you, you do approach this kind of more from scientific kind of medical background. And I know you have a background in nursing as well. Maybe just kind of give us that picture of Screen Strong. Great. I felt like, yeah, that's a great question. I I felt like in the very beginning, when I started finally figuring out what happened to Adam, the thing that helped me the most was the the science, you know, and I mean, you say that word in this day and age, sometimes people kind of cringe, but it's, it's really <laughs> true. The more you can understand why something is happening, the better equipped you are to deal with it. And that's true with, with anything. If you're kids are allergic to peanuts, then you need to understand the science behind that. You need to understand what triggers it. You need to understand what you need to do to change your environment, to help them thrive. And without that education, um, we're going to fail. We're just going to fail because we're going to be like the, the tail wagging the dog, you know, culture is going to just kind of wag us all over the place. So we have to figure it out. And so our goal with screen strong is not to present all the latest parenting opinions around how to manage screens in your house, because there are many. And every time I turn around, you know, there's another person who is claiming to be a screen expert and 
Maybe they were writing blogs about recipes and crop pots, you know, last year, but now they're a screen expert. I'm like, no, we have to bring this back to the data. You have to understand some of the physical things, the emotional things, the social things, all the things about teen brain development in order to really figure this out. So I could talk to you, to you today and I could say, I really believe that skipping social media and video games and pornography is our goal. And that should be the thing that all of our teenagers should do. And that will solve all the screen problems. And you might listen to that and say, well, that's just your opinion because there should be balance with everything. And, you know, tech is here to stay and they're going to binge and go crazy if you don't let them have it. And you have all these things that you're going to tell me. And if you don't have the facts around this issue, the medical facts around this issue, the scientific, the mental, emotional facts around it, about what happens to their emotional brains, you will not do well. You, your kids will struggle. You will have screen struggles in your home. You will. You have to, unfortunately now, understand what is happening. And it's exhausting to understand that because it takes a lot of research. It you know, who's going to go pull the medical research and read all this stuff? Well, I did because I had tried everything <laughs> else and I had talked to every youth pastor out there. I had talked to all of our teachers. I had talked to the counselors in our school. In fact, one day I went into the counselor at the school because we were struggling. Adam was gaming well into the night. He wouldn't go to bed till two or three o'clock. He wasn't getting any sleep. And I was walking in the school hallway to talk to the counselor. And as I walked by, there were about five boys sitting in the hall with their back, you know, against the cinder block, you know, sitting on the floor and they were all playing Call of Duty in school. So yeah. I, I remember that so vividly. And I'm like, well, we're we're lost. There's no way I'm going to be able to help Adam. He's doing this all day in school, too. So like yeah. I could not figure out why people thought this was just a choice that you made, um, like, you know smoking. So if you want, you know, it, it's kind of very similar to smoking. So you could smoke back in the sixties and seventies and nobody thought anything of it. And we all thought it was fine. It's just a choice. And we built smoking patios on the, on the high school, you know, because, you know, you couldn't tell a teenager not to smoke for crying out loud. And then all the research started coming in. It took 30 years, right. For everybody to get on board, but all the research started coming in to say, guess what? This smoking thing is hurting our lungs and it's causing cancer. And you think of all of the people that died, you know, unnecessarily because they just didn't know, but it wasn't until we got the research on what was happening to our bodies physically that things started really changing. And so ScreenStrong's mission and my passion is around explaining these few simple facts and making it easy to understand and pulling it into bite-sized little chunks that parents can understand they don't have to go to medical school. They don't have to go back to nursing school, but there are some really important key things that they need to understand. And so our goal is to take that science and pull it into very digestible content. Um, and we do this through our parent course. And then we're just releasing our student course because it's our most requested um, piece of education. And I'm thrilled that it's finally here that we have broken down the science even so your middle school kid can understand it. So you can sit down with a student course and with your child and you can go through eight lessons and they're, they're beautiful lessons. There's a lot of art. It looks like a graphic novel. So your kid will stay engaged and you can talk about the science and you can talk about what's happening to their brain. You can talk about their brain development, where it is right now, what dopamine is doing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so fabulous for me to think that I can explain to middle school kids what dopamine is. That's like the most incredible thing. <laughs> and so what we're doing is offering them a platform to say, wait a minute, I can make this decision now based on information and based on facts and not based off of some, you know, random parenting opinion where, you know, where we try to apply all these other parenting things to this issue because they, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. I think one of the... um the biggest things that I realized was how parents, and this was my mistake. And see, I can talk about all this because 
I have made more mistakes than anybody out there listening. Trust me, I have made all of the mistakes. So I'm really good <laughs> at explaining the mistakes. But um, one of the things that parents do is they try to apply certain parenting advice to the screen issue. And that doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because the screen issue involves an addiction. And so let's just follow me with this for a second. So for example, um, with the, like sometime parents say things like, well, I think that we should just balance everything, right? That makes sense. You hear that a lot in parenting. You hear that you should balance things or you hear that you should limit. We need to set limits because our kids need to grow in their autonomy and they need to start figuring things out for themselves. Well, we need to maybe negotiate with them. Maybe we should write a contract about whatever it is we're talking about, because if we meet them halfway, then that gives them ownership. I mean, does this sound familiar, John? I mean, is mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. this is, yeah. sounds good, right? And it sounds good to say, give them ownership. And, or maybe we need to have more conversations. If we just have more conversation, that's it. That's the key. We just need more conversations. But these parenting tips don't work and people are so frustrated, but they don't work with this issue. And I'm very bold in coming out and saying this. So it's exhausting, but it's true. They don't work. And the reason why they don't work is because the screen issues involving social media, video games, and pornography all involve dopamine science. And it involves human nature. There's a lot of physical things that are involved with that. So for example, when we say we should balance everything, we don't really mean we should balance everything, right? We're not going to balance pot in our kid's life. We're not going to balance alcohol and say, well, you know, I think we should balance everything so everybody can have a beer tonight, but just one beer because we're going to balance it, right? We don't set, um, we don't negotiate with them over, um, you know, how many condoms we're going to buy today. We, oh, it's a negotiation. No, we don't negotiate over certain things. So things like curfews and haircuts and maybe fashion choices, <laughs> you know, those are the things that all of these parenting tips apply to, but parents have made a huge mistake, me included, because we try to apply those really robust, good parenting tips to this issue. And it doesn't work. It simply doesn't work and it's wrong. And we are hurting our kids and we have to come to grips with this and we have to start becoming educated on why. And so Screen Strong exists to empower parents with that why. We want to explain why, and then you can do with it however it can fit into your home the best you can. But I want people to at least understand the why. And we know that's very powerful. And once you understand the why, then the solution is so simple. It becomes very, mm. very, very, very simple. Um, mm. I, I will say also really quickly that our parents, when they were raising us, did not have to understand this, right? They just opened the back door and we went out and played every day. And I know people are sick of hearing these stories, but you know, we did. They naturally did what was best for child development and they didn't even know they were doing it because they didn't have to. That's just mm -hmm. the way our culture was. But today it's not true. Today we have to now educate parents about the development of the frontal cortex. We have to educate them about executive function skills. Who knew? Who knew we ever have to do this, you know? And we mm -hmm. have to educate them about what happens when your kids are on their screen for eight hours a day and they're not running around in the backyard. And it's fascinating. And it's not that hard. And we have made it very simple. We have made it very simple. That's why our message is, is super easy to digest and it's super easy to get into um, because we've mm -hmm. simplified the science for people so they can understand. So- that was yeah, no, that's <laughs> no, that's that's so good. Um, and I do want to say because I forgot to earlier, uh, the the website screenstrong.org. Um, those who are listening, you can check the show notes for anything we reference here, and and check out the site. I mean, your site has articles, um, all sorts of of resources for parents to 
to look through. I mean, you've got a podcast as well. Um, but one of the things we talked about earlier were warning signs for, for problems. And so if a parent's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, my child might be addicted, I'm not sure. Just talk about some of the, the warning signs and uh, just, yeah, guide us there. Right. So some of the warning signs are things like they um, are having meltdowns when they're forced to get off their screen. They um, one warning sign that I used to say all the time, I still do about social media or video games is if it is the most important activity in their life, if they cannot list three things that they like more than their video game, they're probably headed for trouble. Like that's Hmm. not that is a warning sign because it is such an addictive thing. So if they're having trouble getting off, that's a huge warning sign. If they're having, um, if you notice that they're playing more like over time, like they are, they're kind of playing more and they're on their phone more than they were six months ago. If they're dropping out of activities, if all of a sudden they're not interested in soccer and they they hit ninth grade and they want to not play basketball anymore. And there's telling you things like, I'm going to be an influencer one day. I'm going to be a game designer one day. No, 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 no. These are all things that don't start in the ninth grade. There's a lot of things they have to do before they make that decision. But parents are blindsided by this. We have blind spots and we think that more is, is better and more is good. And if this is their interest, they should do it. But I'm telling you that every single child in the world has an interest in a screen. Just like, you know, we can say, oh, my kids has a special gift. They love Skittles. And so I think I should just (laughs) let them eat Skittles all day. It's their special gift. I'm like, no, 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 no. Every kid loves Skittles, right? You know, or if they say, well, I want to, um, I want to work for a candy company one day. So mom, I have to eat, you know, five bags of Skittles every day. No, that doesn't make sense either. So, um, the other, the other big thing with the warning sign is, of course, when their grades are suffering, we miss that one. Unfortunately, back in 2010, <laughs> that was my only thing I was looking out for. I was like, well, he's got good grades, so he must be okay. And that was my broken record. He's got good grades, so he must be okay. And I will give you a little secret inside scoop here that most gamers are very, very bright. They are very smart. Um, they're very sharp and they can manage their grades and play their games at the same time. And mm. part of that is due to the fact that games today are not Pac-Man. You know, if they were playing Pac-Man, they'd be okay, but they're not. They're playing games that are really, really hard. Um, but one of the biggest warning signs is that they are detaching from your family. And if I could sum up, if you only gave me like one minute, I would say that our entire country is in a detachment Hmm. um, deficit. We're having an attachment deficit. We're all getting detached from people. And so our kids are detaching from their families. They are leaving their family unit emotionally way too young. And that pretty much sums up the core of the screen issue in your home. So many parents know exactly what I'm talking about. If if we had Zoom on everybody listening, everybody's head would be nodding. They'd be like, oh my gosh, you're right. I feel like I lost my kid. I lost my kid. I lost my kid. This is our typical thing we hear over and over and over. And I know because we lost Adam. Like he was here <laughs> physically, but he was not here. He was I remember the Christmas I had to go down in the basement literally and bring Christmas lights down there and drape them on his laptop. I even have a picture of this. I can't believe I still have a picture because he would not come up to do Christmas. Hmm. He left our family and he traded his screen for our family. That became his family. And that is like the biggest warning sign. But John, what you'll hear from Experts, as you'll hear, you know, from youth experts, you'll hear, well, this is normal. It's normal for them to leave and start to not like anything that you're doing, you know? Hmm. And yeah, part of that is normal, but it is not normal for them to detach and replace their screen time. So all all of those are warning Mm -hmm. signs. Um, Most of them are kind of, I don't know, they're kind of hard to figure out. If, If you're 
If your kids are anxious, if they're stressed, you want to immediately take them to a counselor. You want to immediately find out all the things that may be happening when in fact, what you might try is doing a detox for 30 days, seeing if it helps, seeing if spending more time with them, so simple and it's free, mm -hmm. seeing if that starts to turn their mood around a little bit, but we are so quick to jump to medications, to jump to doctors, you know, and I'm not saying that kids don't need that, but I'm saying that we need to be really mindful of these, of these warning signs. And we need to understand why this is happening when they are on their screens. We have to understand that we don't have an option anymore. We don't mm -hmm. have a choice. We have to understand this. We have to understand what's happening. Yeah. No. And, and, and Melanie, um, you know, earlier you were talking about, uh, the toxic screens. I mean, or the toxic, uh, I don't know if you label it toxic screens, but I mean, pornography, obviously social media, video games. Um, I'm just assuming there are plenty of parents listening to this. And when they hear you say no social media, they just think, well, that's impossible. That, there's no way we could raise a child today that will not have any access to social media. Uh, I'd love to, you, to just respond to that or what you might say to, to people like that, because you're saying you're not anti-screens or you're not even screen strong, isn't screen free at all advocating for that. But how do you try to convince people that social media is a concerning thing for their child? So that's a great question. And, and, like I said, I'm not, you know, I may or may not be able to convince anybody, but what I'm going to tell you is the facts. So social media was not designed for children or for teenagers by any stretch of any imagination out there. This product was designed for marketing. It was designed to make money for big companies. Now they figured out that of course they can make money off teenagers because <laughs> who can't, right? Because teenagers, their brains are not developed yet, right? Their frontal cortex isn't there. They don't have reasoning. They don't have self-control. And, and I'm not dissing teenagers. I have had four of them. We love mm -hmm. them. They're wonderful. But it is their stage of development that they're not able to withstand the persuasive design. They, You and I can't even withstand it for crying out loud. I have to take the notifications off my phone. Otherwise, I'm going to be distracted all mm -hmm. day long. <laughs> So first of all, it was not designed for teenagers. So why in the world do we put teenagers on social media? This is just the, a big picture look at what the science of that, around this says. So I want everybody to think of social media as a big trash dump, like the city dump. So every day we're allowing our kids access, literal access to the city dump. Might they find something good in there? Sure, they might find that somebody threw out a pair of perfectly good tennis shoes that they could wear, right? But the chances are pretty darn high that they're going to find a lot of trash. And I remember the first uh, talk I went to when I was green behind the ears trying to figure out what was happening. And I went to this talk and it was about middle school and the speaker got up and she had a slide and it had knives and they were bloody and I'm like, what the heck are we talking about? And she said, well, this is middle school. Your kids are on social media. They're going to get cut. They're going to get hurt, you know, and your job is to be there to catch them when they fall and all this. And, I'm, and, and then she said, and you're going to end up in the ER with, you know, the figuratively speaking, the bloody knife. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Why do my kids have to be on social media, by the way? You know, um, I did that thing with my son where I let him on video games and it went completely haywire and out of control. So that's when I just realized we don't, our kids do not have to be on social media, but if they are, you have to expect lots of pain, lots of suffering, lots of scars. Will they get cut? Yes, they will. Will, will, it, will they die? Maybe not. But I just interviewed a mom this week whose son committed suicide because of the bullying on Snapchat. It is out there. It is real. So social media is there, just like alcohol is there, but our kids don't drink. Drugs are out there, but our kids don't do drugs in the dose that would be harmful for them. Um, you know, we could say that you could fly an airplane, but you know, teenagers don't fly airplanes usually. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there are certain things about social media that are good, but not, they're not, it's not for teenagers. And we have to stand up for our kids. 
because we're giving them access to something that they're not ready for, that they're going to get cut, they're going to get hurt. And you could come back and say, well, this is the world we live in. And you're absolutely right. And I believe that for 48 months of high school, that our kids don't need to get cut and they don't need to get hurt. And when their brains then are more developed by the time they reach 18, they're not adults yet. Okay. If you know the brain science, you know, it's not really till 25 till that final connection is being made in the frontal cortex and you start to become wise in the sense that you can associate your actions with outcomes and you can plan ahead better. But until then, John, it is 48 months. It is not that long. And so mm -hmm. then by the time they get on social media, when they are 18, uh, you know what? They use it very different. Um, you use social media very different. And I would venture to say everyone listening uses social media very different than you would have used it if you were 15 or 14 or 12 or 10 for crying out loud. Um, it is the world we're living in, but it can wait. And there's a lot of things that we believe that can wait for that, not just brain strong, but there's a, a lot of things mm -hmm. that you wouldn't agree that your kid has to do. So that's the honest truth around it. Mm -hmm. um, I told my boys when they were in, oh my goodness, sixth grade, I said, you're not going to get a phone until you can do all of these things. And I had a whole list of life skills because that's the other thing that is completely missing in our culture. And they looked at this whole list and it was things like change the oil in the car and fix the dishwasher. And I mean, they were really good life skills on there. And they looked at me, I will never forget this. And they looked at me and they said, mom, that's going to take me like till I'm 18 to figure all that out. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, it will. And I've, I've done this the wrong way and I'm doing it this other way. And we had so much more fun with our little kids. And we, we talked to Adam about that all the time. And I, I apologize to him all the time for allowing this thing to happen way too prematurely in his, in his life and all the things that we missed. So to answer your question is very possible. And John, it is as possible as it is to not keep peanuts in your house when your kid has a peanut allergy. If there's a will and there's a reason, there is a way. And it's mm -hmm. not that hard. And what's hard is having peanuts and having to take your kid to the ER because they're having a reaction. That's hard. So mm -hmm. that's what our, our job at Screen Strong is to help people see that there is another way. We don't judge people. We, we would never do that. I have made so many mistakes. <laughs> I am so able to relate to the parents that are out there struggling with this, but I'm here to tell you that you don't have to struggle. It doesn't have to be a struggle. And mm -hmm. I think we have about 16,000 people right now in one of our Facebook groups that are all detoxing. They're trying to take things away because that's really hard to do. Once you give it to them, it's hard. It's not impossible, but they unanimously all come back and say, this was so much easier than I thought. Now the first two or three weeks, no, 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 no. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. But once you relieve that pressure and, and just start extracting the pieces of our screen culture that are really hurting our kids, life is so much more calm. Everybody's just happier. Um, Self-esteem, of course, is better. They're healthier on every measure. John, when you think about how we measure success with kids, every single measure is better. They 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 have more exercise. They're getting outside more. Their grades usually are better because they have more time. They're not as stressed. They have closer friendships because they're having to spend more time in person. Their relationship with you, the parent, is better because there's more time to talk. They are more confident in their life skills and their social skills. They're much more confident looking at people in the eye. And actually they are more interesting. You know, when Adam talks about his childhood, he really has no, no stories, no stories to share. Oh, remember the day when I played Call of Duty for five hours with Will? Well, no, we don't really remember that day. But Andrew and Evan have lots of stories. So I would just 
ask you to think about that. Think about beginning with the end in mind. What do you want to have your kids say about their childhood? Do you want them to say, oh, we argued about screens all the time. Oh, we fought all the time. You know, my mom took my phone away and then gave it back and then took it away and then gave it back. And they used my video game as a weapon to get me to, you know, mow the grass. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I didn't want that for my younger kids. And there are no risk for skipping it, skipping all this stuff during adolescence. There's just no risk. And that's how we look at things from a medical perspective as well. You have to look at the benefits and the risk before you prescribe a drug, before you do a surgery, before you make a major decision. I think that um, this is a very major decision. It is more major than anyone realizes when they are handing over social media to their eighth grader, which by the way, is the worst age. If there was one really bad time in life, it's that time. And part of the science around this is because the pain from rejection is felt the deepest at that age. And this is why we have a mess on our hands in our culture and kids are mm -hmm. mentally uh, not doing very well with their anxiety and their depression. It's, it's very painful to be in yes. eighth and ninth grade and to constantly have to watch out for your brand every day. Like I, I can't even imagine being 14 and having to even care about my hair and my makeup and my clothes and all the people and all the pictures. I just can't even imagine what it's like having to do that. And they can't do it. And our brains are not designed to do that. Our hearts are not designed to do that. And we we really are hurting a generation of kids and it's an experiment and we're going to look back, right? And we're going to look back and we're going to say, what the heck were we thinking? What in the world? We gave babies iPads for crying out loud and we gave eighth graders phones and we let our 15 year olds stay up till two o'clock at night playing Fortnite and Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. What in the world? What were we thinking? That was like a really bad decision. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> now there's so much there and you were, you were saying so much and it's still, we, we've hardly scratched the surface. There's so much more to, to talk about. And I, I just, I want to point people to your side. I mean, you have articles on just the brain development and, and what, what this is doing to our children. Uh, you have a 30 day detox plan as well as a seven day detox plan. Uh, one thing you emphasize is just the importance of community. And I think you said to your, one of your Facebook groups is 16,000 people, uh, on your website. I know you can join the screen strong community and, to, because so much of this, I know, parents feel like they're crazy because everyone else is doing this and to live countercultural just makes them feel alone and insane. And so for them to have a community of people who are doing the same thing is such a strengthening thing. So Melanie, look, just thank you so much for all that you're, you're putting into this. Uh, again, screenstrong.org. I want to point our listeners to that, but kind of final word, Melanie, anything I just said with any of that that you want to point people to? Well, I do want to also reiterate that we, with our um, website, you can get into our forum. It's called Connect. So you do not have to be on social media. <laughs> you know, of course, we're going to use social media like a tool, like we should to get the word out and to promote the movement. But you can get on our forum and there's a lot of parents in there. You can ask questions in there. So if you're wondering what to do next, going to the website is probably the best thing. Um, getting the Screen Strong student course is a fabulous start because it's a perfect practical way to sit down tomorrow with your kids and start talking through all the issues. And you're going to learn a lot um, being a parent. You're going to learn a whole lot from that student course. Now you'll learn a ton from the parent course as well. But if you want to start with the student course, it's a great place to start. So I would just encourage you also to listen to some of the expert medical people that we have on the podcast, you're going to, you're going to learn a ton there and, um, you know, get your group together. You mentioned the 30 day detox and you mentioned the seven days. So I just want to say that youth pastors, especially parents as well, have an incredible opportunity to start building 
their little tribes and their villages around this issue. And what I mean by that, if you can get a group of five or six of your friends in your neighborhood, maybe to get the course, to start learning some things together, uh, read a few of the books that we recommend and sit down and say, okay, for 30 days, our kids are not going to have their phones. They can have a flip phone. They can have a gap phone. They can have a phone that doesn't have the internet. Because I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that kids shouldn't have phones, but having a phone with the internet is very different than having a phone to call your mom when baseball is over, right? Mm -hmm. So we're giving everything way too fast. Everything has to slow down. So you want to get a little group together of your kids and their friends to say, hey, we're going to do Screen Strong and we're going to do it for 30 days and we're going to do it at youth group and we're going to promote it there and we're all going to have fun and we're going to plan these certain events that we're going to do during these 30 days. And we're going to give our kids a taste of life without being tied to their phone. John, can you imagine what it'd be like for us to take a break? Wouldn't that be nice to take a break, <laughs> you know, from our phone? But we're going to give our kids this gift. And then for the seven day, that's through our student course. And when the school's Buy this in bulk is what happens is your school can get the student course. So your whole sixth grade can do it. Your whole middle school can do it or the whole school can do it. And then in school, you take seven days, one whole week where nobody plays video games and nobody gets on social media and they plan things after school. And then they write an essay about how fun their week was. That's where we think change is going to happen. Change is going to happen when we can start building these communities, when you can actually get a community around your own kids. And it doesn't need to be a hundred people. And that's the beauty of it. So that's kind of my, my final word, I would say to um, get the science. We've got it all broken down really easy for you to understand to find your community. Do not be discouraged when your best friend says you're crazy and that's all old fashioned and I'm not doing it. Don't be discouraged because your best friend might not agree with you. Um, <laughs> be different, stand up for your kids and let it be okay, even just for a while, to stand out from that crowd. And once you try it, I doubt you'll go back because you're going to discover like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, like all the other screenshot families out there that have discovered. It is an incredible lifestyle. Social media will be there when they're ready. Video games will be there when they're ready. They don't need it through adolescent. That adolescence, that is the key. And you can do it. And if you're a mom and you want to reach out to us, reach out to team at screenstrong.com and I will answer your emails. And um, if you have a story to share, let me know that too. And we'll get your story out on our podcast as well. Melanie, look, thanks again for just sharing your story, um, your family, uh, and then starting Screen Strong and uh, being such an advocate for this. So thank you so much for your work. Yeah.